Uh, well, listen, uh, I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for making it out here on a Wednesday night. I love the Wednesday night crowd because you guys come to receive the word, but you guys worship, you give back. I love it. Can you just give yourselves a hand? Can you do that, please? Thank you. You guys do a great job. I applaud you for being here. Uh, I just want to say a special thank you to my senior pastors, Pastor Frankie and Ali Mazapika. Um, they are amazing pastors. They're incredible people, spiritual leaders in our lives. They deserve a big hand clap. Thank you so much for having me. I sincerely, sincerely mean that. Um, you know, my wife and I just celebrated uh, nine years, nine years yesterday. Yes, yes, that's right, nine years. It's pretty incredible. I know that I look like you thought I was 10, uh, but nine years, I've been married now. Um, you know, and we were just thinking, we got married on Friday the 13th, um, Friday the 13th, nine years ago, and we started coming to church in September, in September of that year. So we've been coming and serving at Celebration Church. We never left uh, for about nine years now, nine years we've been here. So this truly is our church home. You truly are our church family, and I just want to say that I love you. Well, listen, uh, tonight, let's get started. I have a word for you. Hopefully, uh, it'll bless you. Um, I want you to know that it'll bless me as well, and I'll be receiving it as well. The message tonight is called, What We All Need. What We All Need. Um, and if you want to go ahead and get ahead of me, you can turn in our app uh, and the follow along with our notes. There's also a Bible in there. And if you brought your Bible, we're going to be reading out of a passage in Matthew 19. Matthew 19, verse 16, and then from there, I'm going to be uh, kind of skipping around, giving you a bunch of different um, addresses in the Bible that you can go back and you can look at and read and enjoy. So make sure you're taking notes with me, okay? But firstly, if, is it okay if we pray? Can we pray? Is that all right? All right, let's do this. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for tonight. Thank you, Father God, for your people. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would uh, give us ears to hear, eyes to see the things that you're doing all around us. Father God, I pray, Lord, that we would be able to receive your word, um, which is a word that comes straight from heaven, Lord God. Let it penetrate our hearts, Lord God. Let it, let it alter our lives, alter our minds, and produce fruit and fruit that would last in us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let me start off um, right here. Uh, so uh, there's a story in the Bible. It's one of my favorite stories, and it's, it's translated in all the different synoptic gospels. It's in, found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's called the story of the rich young ruler. Um, some people call it uh, the rich young man. Um, and so uh, basically the premise of it is, is a, a young man, the Bible says that he's rich, says he's uh, some, uh, some, I think it's Luke says that he is a man of influence. And so this person uh, approaches Jesus and he has a question. And his question is, Jesus, what must I do? What must I do? And so what he's saying essentially is, Jesus, what do I need in my life? What thing must I do? Uh, what do I need? What am I lacking that you can tell me? Is there a secret recipe to this? Is there a, a formula? Is there something I must purchase? Is there some good deed, in fact, he even calls it? Is there some good deed, something that I'm not doing that I should be doing that will get me uh, access into the kingdom of heaven? And so I want to read this passage here, um, and let's just start in verse 16. It says, someone came to Jesus with this question, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. 
Which ones? It's a good question. The man asked. As Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and your mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the man said, I've obeyed all these commandments. The young man replied, what else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad for he had many possessions. You see, it's, it's kind of like us in a lot of ways. We are always looking for that thing that we need. We always want to know, what, is, what else can I do? Is there, just, just tell me what it is, I'll do it, and just let me know. Has anybody else ever felt that way about anything in their life? I just need to know what it is, and I'll do it. When you go to work for the very first day, the first question is they have a thing that's called orientation, right? And they want to show you all the things that you need to do in order to be successful at your job. When, it's, when you first start school, the first couple days or so, they talk about the type of uh, pencil to use. They talk about um, the type of paper. I mean, you really, this, this is a real conversation here. We're talking about college ruled versus wide ruled. This is a real thing, okay? But these are the things that we must do. These are the things that we need in order to succeed. It's a natural, natural just question that pops in everybody's mind. What do I need? Well, tonight, we're going to talk about things that we all need. It's not all we need, like as in uh, the only thing you need. The message is not called what only things we need, like food, water, shelter. No, we're not talking about that, okay? We're talking about some spiritual things, there's some applicable things that we could take away um, that will hopefully strengthen us and draw us closer to the Lord. Is anybody to receive something like that tonight? Is anybody at all ready to receive something like that at all? Thank you very much. Okay. So let's talk about what we need. The first thing that we need, and I'm going to draw a couple uh, inferences from the scripture here. The first thing that we all need is this. We all need a pastor. We all need a pastor. Everyone needs a pastor. Even pastors need a pastor. We all need a pastor. In John 5 verse 19, um, Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. And whatever the father does, the son also does. You see, Jesus himself was under authority. Jesus himself was under submission to the father. So you see, if Jesus would find it valuable right? The word Christian means to be Christ-like. Disciples mean to be followers of Jesus or to look like Jesus. Then we too need to be under authority. Now, authority is kind of a, of a, of a negative, it kind of has a negative uh, ring to it. Some people are like, oh, authority. I don't know about authority. I was in the army, okay? I don't know authority. I had a real, you know, demanding father, okay? And so it, there's, there's kind of these negative connotations, but you see, uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12, 3, that authority is actually given to build others up, not to tear them down. You see, so many times we feel like we don't like authority or we're, we push back against authority because somebody with it probably taught us to hate it. But Jesus himself says in John chapter 10, verse 3, he says, I'm the good shepherd. And when the shepherd calls to the sheep, 
The sheep respond. They turn. They listen to me. Why? Because they know, they recognize his what? His voice. They recognize his voice. So what I'm telling you tonight is we need a voice in our life, a voice in our life of accountability. We need a voice in our life that can say, hang on a second, come this way. We need people in our life, someone in our life that can say, now hang on, the last time we talked, you said that you were going to do this and this. Why don't you catch me up? Tell me about, tell me about that situation. How did that all pan out? I want to know. What that is, is that's the voice of a guide. That's the voice of a shepherd. That's the voice of someone that has authority that you've submitted to that can guide you like a good shepherd should. Now, I've heard this story before that a shepherd, a shepherd, what he'll do is uh, he'll, he'll, a good shepherd, this is a story, I heard this from someone, it's really funny. So a shepherd will, will, will look after the flock, right? And when a sheep starts kind of like wandering off and getting too far away, the shepherd will go and he'll break the sheep's legs, okay? And he'll carry the sheep on his back. And he'll carry him and he'll teach him to, 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 to nurture him back to health and teach him, you know, don't do that anymore and, 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 and this and that. Has anyone ever heard that story before or heard anything like that before? Now, I talked to a sheep farmer. I just so happened to be at dinner with a group of guys. We were in another state. We were having dinner. We're all, you know, just trying to get to know each other. Um, And and, and one of the guys, well, what do you do? Oh, what do you do? What do you do? He's like, I'm actually a a sheep herder. I, I raise sheep, you know, in Colorado. And so we're like, okay, okay. And so we bring up this story. We're like, so tell me the truth. You, I mean, you, we really, I mean, how many, how many legs have you had to break? You know, ha, ha, ha. And he's like, that's not funny. I'm like, why is that not funny? He's like, why would, like, imagine, imagine think of it this way. He's like, if your son or daughter was to say, keep uh, reaching into the cupboard, do you break his arm? I'm like, no, I'm, I'll, I guess not. And he's like, neither would a shepherd break a sheep's legs if he wanders off. It just makes no sense. I mean, do you know how much time, how much money, how much effort it would take to nurture back one sheep when you have a whole flock? Can I just say that I apologize to anyone here who's ever had their legs broken? Because it wasn't the shepherd's intention. Because the good shepherd didn't didn't have to do that way. He didn't have to correct you like that. And I just want to tell you that I'm sorry. And that some of the things that we, we've learned, particularly about authority, well, maybe we need to unlearn. Can I just tell you tonight that you need a pastor? I was sitting, Mr. Thiago, I was sitting in the seat behind you to your left sitting right there. Um, we came into this building. I had been serving here for a while. I think I was on staff. And my, my pastor was talking, and I remember hearing the Lord, not like an, Jesus, like, not like that type of like booming, burning bush type of thing, but it was just kind of like in here. You know what I mean? And I, I remember watching my pastor preach. I'm not really sure what he was saying, but I'm sure it was awesome. But... Uh, I distinctly recall hearing the Lord tell me, that's your pastor right there. That's your pastor. And ever since that moment, 
I've had this, this, this loyalty to my pastors. I've had this, this faithfulness to my pastors. I've had this, this, this zeal towards my pastors. And I've noticed that God has blessed me for helping bless the man of God. Can I tell you tonight that God strategically places people in your life that not just so that they can bless and help you, but so that you can bless and help them. Can I tell you that we need to pray for our pastors? Can I tell you that the enemy would like nothing more than to kill, steal, and destroy not just yours, but also our pastors, lives, children, finances, marriages, and it's up to the body of Christ, the flock, to be able to protect our pastors. We need pastors. You need shepherds. You need a voice in your life that says, watch out. You need them. Put your hands together right there. That was a good point. Thank you. We all need an apron. Can you hand me my, my, my prop there? We all need an apron. Now, I hope my pastor's not watching right now. So we all, <laughs> we all need an apron. Watch this. In John 13, 12, and 17, Jesus had an amazing moment with his with his disciples. It says, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and he sat down and he asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I've done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now, that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. You see, Jesus, Jesus got down with his, his disciples the night before he, he was crucified. And, and, and the Bible says that, that he washed their feet. Now, I was going to have somebody come on stage. I was going to wash your feet. And I was just like, I just can't get myself to do it. I love you. You know, I wash your hands. How's that? But just, let's, it's just an illustration, you know. Let's just, let's use your imagination, okay. Um, but can I just tell you that in that day, your feet were a lot similar to kind of like our hands. You see, men wore sandals. There wasn't exactly like pavement and beautiful carpet and hardwood floors everywhere that people went. There was, there was animals that lived in the streets. Think about it, you know, people traveled by, by donkey and, and by camel and stuff like that. And so there's, there's things in the streets, okay? And so when you entered into uh, somebody's house, it was customary that, that the, the host of the home would wash your feet as their guest. You would, you would wash their feet. That's what you would do. You were the host, and this was your guest. And so Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, 
the creator of the universe. The Bible says that not a single hair on our head falls out without his knowing, that, that the birds in the air, that they, they don't spin and toil and still the Lord, him, he creates, he gives them everything that they need. He got down on his knees and he said, I, your feet are not better than my feet. This time, this moment, this experience is not better than, than I'm, not, I'm not above this, but I came to serve you. And what Jesus was doing was leaving for us a model that this isn't about me or you. In fact, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says that a spiritual gift is given to everyone so that we can help each other. Every one of us was given an apron. Every one of us was given a gift and it's our job to use it to wash other people's feet, to build them up. So if you have natural talents and abilities, it's God-given. Know that it's God-given. If you can do something and people just always are complimenting you about that, man, that's amazing. I can't believe that's, that's incredible. I've never seen anybody this, I mean, it just comes so natural to you. Could it be possible that 1 Corinthians 12, 7 is activated in your life, that it's actually a gift and that it was actually to be used to help other people? See, because Jesus was leaving us this model that if you would pick up an apron, if you would you would get down and you would serve other people. Don't leave off that last part of the verse. The Bible says you will be blessed. God will bless you if you do it. Some of us worry about using our gifts. Well, what if, well, how do I know? Can I just tell you that if it's God's given gift and that the apron is in your hand and you're using it for his purposes, God will open doors. God will give opportunity and God will bless you for it if you would trust him that he could use it in that way. I got one last point. It's a good one. Okay. Okay. The last point is this. We need to listen to Jesus carefully. Listen to Jesus carefully. We got to go back to the rich young ruler's story. I've contemplated on this for a long time. I've wondered what was Jesus saying? What, what, why, did he, why did he give him this obscure answer? And, and, and then the man gets sad and walks away. Like, how did Jesus know that? And, and just what is, but, but if you read between the lines and you read the words that Jesus spoke to him, it makes perfect sense. Jesus responded to the man like this. He said, but to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. The man responds back, which ones? Which ones should I do? I mean, is there, I mean, is it the eighth? Is it the second? I mean, you know, the murder thing. I think I'm good. What, what, you know, what, what is the, he says this. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. 
You must not testify falsely and honor your father and mother. And, lo- and love your neighbor as yourself. He names, he names not the first five. He names the last five. Now, there's 10 commandments. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, uh, if you, you go back and you read them and remember, but I'll just refresh your memory. But basically, the first five commandments deal directly with man's relationship to God. The last five commandments deal directly with man's relation to man. And so, what Jesus was saying, he said it actually, uh, he said it actually a little bit later as well, when he was asked the same question, but he answered a little bit differently. Jesus replied in Matthew 22, verse 37, he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. The first five deal with man's relationship to God. The second set of five deal directly with man's relationship to man. What Jesus was saying to the rich young ruler was this. I need you to love God and I need you to love people. And so he only recited the last five commandments because he knew that the man had no problem with loving his neighbor. But when he asked him the question, I need you to give up all your possessions and come follow me, he said, that I can't do. And what Jesus was doing is recalling and pointing out the fact that the man did not love God with all of his heart, all of his mind, and all of his strength. And the man was sad, and he said, that I can't do. You see, what we all need, and this all comes back to what the rich young ruler had originally, you guys can play for me, had what the rich young ruler had originally said, what must I do? What do I need to do? Jesus answered him same way he did in Matthew 22. Love God and love people. Love God and love people. But the rich young ruler, he was stuck. You see, what we all need is to remember that in order to please God, we love the Lord with all our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, and we love our neighbors as ourselves. When we use the God-given gifts that God's given us 
to wash the feet of the people around us, to serve the people around us, to join the dream team and to use, maybe the time is that gift. Maybe it's, it's that little bit, that little something that we can give that's sacrificial. It strengthens the body, it helps the people around us and it's fulfilling the command that God has mandated us to have to love our neighbor as ourselves, to use the gifts that God's given us, to wash the feet of the people around us. And on the other hand, simply love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your mind. And when you do these two things, you sum up everything else. You see, we all need a pastor. We all need a voice in our life to strengthen us, to encourage us, to warn us. We all need an apron. You see, the thing is, is you have one. You have one. The question is not, do we have an apron? You have an apron. The question is, do you ever put it on? And thirdly, we just have to love God and love people. Some people are like, it's so, so simple, it's ridiculous. God's like, exactly. Just love God and love his people. Everybody stand for me, please. See, Jesus didn't care about the rich young ruler's possessions. He couldn't care less about any of that stuff. He asked him to do that only because he knew where his heart really was. I want to ask you tonight, where's your heart really at? Where's your heart really at with the Lord tonight? What's the one thing that you need Do you need a pastor? Do you need a voice in your life? Do you need a shepherd? Do you need an apron? You have one. You have God-given talents, abilities, giftings, things that God has blessed you with, and they're probably ingrained in the things that people often remind you about. They say, man, you are so meticulous. You are so detailed. That is a spirit, a gift of administration. Let me say, you know what? You're always the person that I call every time that I'm down. That's a spirit of encouragement. It's a gift from God. Somebody might say, you are so, so talented. I mean, just everything you touch, it's like, it's like a heart of gold. It's, it's, just, it's just amazing. That's a spiritual gift. That's a heart of Joseph. Everything Joseph touched got better. You have an apron. I just want to remind you tonight to put it on and use it to strengthen people around us. And can I encourage you with one last thing? When you feel you're not doing a good job, when you feel like you've come to Jesus and you're like, but I need Jesus, tell me the one thing, Jesus, that he's saying back to you, if you love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, I can see it, I can feel it, I know you're there, know that I'm there too, and if you're loving my people and to the best of your ability, then I'm pleased with you, I'm happy with you, and you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing, and you're doing it right. 
Let me pray for you tonight, celebration. Father God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your people. Thank you, Father God, for the church. Thank you, Father God, for the flock, the sheep, Lord God, the, the, those of us around us, Father God, that are shepherds in other people's lives. God, I pray, Lord, that you would amplify the voice of God in our hearts and minds. Draw us closer to you tonight, Lord. Draw us closer to you, Lord. Build us up, God, in our most holy of faith. Speak to us clearly, Lord. Father God, I pray for every need in this room right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that you would meet us at our needs. Father God, I pray that you would unlock, Lord God, the resources of heaven, whether it be healing, finances, clarity, wisdom, a word of confirmation. Speak to us right now. Speak to us right now. Can I tell you that that word is coming? Can I tell you that that resource is coming? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that though it may linger, we will wait, we will wait on the Lord. Bless your people, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. At Celebration Church, there's no official dismissal. The band is gonna play for a couple moments. Won't you stay? Won't you worship with us? Sing it one time through. We love you, church. We'll see you soon.